you know, I think my path mirrors that of many product makers or entrepreneurs, which is that kind of like you said, yeah, I, w- I was experiencing a, a problem, not with podcasting, but with create, creating video. Um, and so I decided to, to build something that kind of answered that problem. And... This episode of The Matt Report is brought to you by the team at Valet. Valet helps brands unleash their potential with real-time metrics, intelligent recommendations, and that age-old method of having an awesome team to back it all up. See, my friends at Valet are up to something really, really cool. But first, let me ask you this question. Every time you build a website for a client, don't you feel like you're making the web a better place? Well, here's the thing. Valet's got something in the works that will let you back that claim up. It's called Valet Metrics, and you can get your free website snapshot over at valetmetrics.com. It's an amazing tool. You get in-depth analysis of a website covering security, speed, usability, traffic, conversions, all wrapped up in this beautiful reporting dashboard that provides action not fluff. You and Valet, making WordPress and the web a better place. Get your snapshot at valetmetrics.com. Season four, episode one, we're back with Matt Report season four. And that's been an exciting ride in interviewing uh, 10 folks in and around the WordPress space. And of course, we're kicking it off with somebody who is not in the WordPress space. It's Logan Nicholson. He runs a website called musicformakers.com. And this is a royalty-free music download, uh, sort of a marketplace. And it's actually powered by Easy Digital Downloads and Restrict Content Pro. And it was just a great find to find somebody who's not knee-deep in the WordPress space like a lot of us, but who just simply found WordPress as a software platform to build his business and deliver uh, you know, media files and have recurring uh, revenue coming in and sort of building that sort of membership site, but actually delivering digital goods at the same time. So it's definitely an interesting look into how someone outside of our ecospheres looks at WordPress and uses WordPress and doesn't dive into the nitty gritty. I really hope you do enjoy this episode. Uh, he's a great marketer, a great business person. I wish him all the best building this business. And hey, look, all the music that you hear in season four is from uh, that website. It's musicformakers.com. So I hope you enjoy it. Thank our sponsors, Pagely and Valet, uh, for sponsoring season four, really stepping it up uh, and helping the Matt Report make it through all the way to the end of the year uh, until 2017, until season five kicks in. So make sure you go find them on Twitter and thank them. It's Pagely and valet let's get into the show hey logan uh, welcome to the matt report thanks matt i'm excited to be here you are uh well let's see I, i've been following you for a little while i'm also a customer of yours you run a website called musicformakers.com and as i was preparing for the show i was trying to remember how i even came across your product uh and website and it, i just can't remember but <laughs> music for makers is a great place to get royalty free music in your inbox uh, every every week for free, uh, and I do, uh, and I, I get my free track. Uh, I have my pro account where I can download my pro my pro tracks, uh, which obviously help me greatly in podcasting and creating screencasts and tutorials for WordPress. But uh, for folks that don't know who you are, what's your two minute elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Uh, okay, so you kind of uh, you you summed it up pretty well. Um, so the only thing I would I would back up because some people I think it's it's a pretty widely understood uh, concept now, but just to 
to go back and kind of define royalty-free music or stock music. So uh, today, when when any, when somebody creates a video or a podcast or even like a video game or something, typically you're going to need to license out music if you want to use background music in that project or that uh, whatever you make. And so there are a lot of places to get uh, this royalty-free, and royalty-free is important because basically what that means is whenever you use the music, you don't have to pay fees each time you use it or each time somebody hears it or, or whatever. So um, basically there are a lot of sources where you can get royalty-free music. Uh, a lot of them are pretty expensive uh, or if they're not, there's, you know, there's a lot of what's Creative Commons 3, which is um, basically means you can use it essentially however you want, but you have to include attribution, which can be kind of cumbersome depending on how you plan on using it. So Music for Makers is a project I launched a little over a year ago. And essentially, uh, like you said, I, I send out one free song every week. And then uh, if, some, you know, if, the, if you want more than that, if you want every song I've ever sent, uh, or you want full versions of, so of songs or whatever, uh, then there's the pro account where you can basically download whatever you want for a, an annual fee. So that's, that's the elevator. Are you, uh, are you familiar with unsplash.com? Yeah, <laughs> so, I am. So I, I like to say, or at least in my own, my own thoughts, that you are the unsplash of, of audio files. Is, is that something that you've sort of aimed yourself at? Or yeah, of? that's really funny you said that because that was especially, um, so launching Music for Makers, it was kind of a combination of um, the actual launch was very much styled after Unsplash. And then kind of the way the, the business is built is modeled after more like a death to the stock photo, uh, which if you know about Unsplash, I'm guessing you probably know about that. But they, they kind of do the same thing where it's a free, there's a monthly photo pack that's free uh, that, that you, get, you get by email. Or you can go pro and you can get access to everything they have in their library and kind of some exclusive stuff. So, but yeah, the um, Unsplash was very much, uh, when I launched Music for Makers about a year ago, it was the whole minimum viable product thing. And, you know, I had I had some leftover recordings that were just sitting around and I had this idea. So I threw up a pretty quick uh, page. It's kind of embarrassing now when I look back on it. But um, that was essentially just, you know, a, a uh, email input field and then a couple sample tracks and explained, you know, like that you're going to get a, a free song every week and um, just kind of threw it out there. So, yeah, I was yeah, I'm always really flattered whenever somebody says, uh, you know, mentions Unsplash or Death to the Stock or, or anything like that because uh, you know those are I think those are really interesting great stories and so it's cool to kind of be uh, compared to them. This episode of the Matt Report is brought to you by Pagely. Pagely, where we help big brands scale WordPress, it's enterprise WordPress hosting in the Amazon cloud. If you're building big powerful WordPress websites for your clients, you need big powerful hosting, and Pagely delivers. I use Pagely for my websites and e-commerce shops, so I trust their service, and I have no issues recommending them to you. Look, I only bring on sponsors that I trust. And who else trusts Pagely? Verizon, eBay, Disney, Twitter, and more. You can see that right on the homepage of their website. Pagely is the OG of WordPress managed hosting, and they're innovating the market every single day. If your clients trust you to write scalable code, then trust Pagely to host it for you. Check out Pagely.com. So for folks who are listening and they're wondering, you know, why am I uh, interviewing Logan today? Uh, not only is he a 
a cool guy and he's got a great product, but the site is actually powered by Easy Digital Downloads um, by Pippin Williamson, which uh, is actually a sponsor of my other podcast, Plugged In Radio. Uh, so we're going to talk about how you've sort of found your way <laughs> into using into using WordPress and, and EDD and sort of that journey. But what what was the sort of genesis or the granular one little grain of salt to launch this idea? Were you podcasting? Did you have friends that were podcasting or you just saw this as a market opportunity? What what really spawned the business? So uh, it, it helps to rewind a little bit, maybe a year to two years ago. Um when I was, and I still am actually working for an ad agency. So Music for Makers is currently just a side project. Um, and so in my, in my day job, I, I started, and, and as, as I work as a digital marketer, content you know, strategist kind of thing uh, for an ad agency. And so about a year to two years ago is when video was really starting to blow up on social media. Uh, Twitter you know, kind of launched video on their platform. Facebook really started prioritizing it with the algorithm and everything. And so I started experimenting it with it more uh, with, with client accounts. And I found that the barrier to entry is amazingly low now, uh, just because you know iPhones shoot really high quality footage. Um, there's a lot of video creation tools and apps out there. And, and there's even free footage out there that you can use if you can't or don't want to shoot your own. So there's, there's a lot, there's really no, little to no barrier to get started with video now. But I noticed that uh, background music was still a kind of a pain point. So I would, you know, I'd create this whole video and then I'd try to go find uh, audio to put it in. And it's like the cheapest you could find would maybe, maybe be like 15 bucks a track. Um, but it can go up to, you know, $100 a track depending on where you look, like some of the higher quality production music libraries. So basically, I was, you know, through my own uh, creative projects or whatever was finding that there was this need. Um, and then, so I had the idea to do something about it because I've been, I've actually been making music, like playing shows and putting out records and everything since around age 15. So, uh, and I've always done my own studio work, like audio recording work. So, uh, so I had, you know, like I said, I had a handful of unreleased compositions just sitting around. Um, and then it kind of inspired by Unsplash and Death to Stock. I just decided to kind of you know, throw it up there and see what the response was. So, um, I think I posted the, you know, I put up the site and I think I posted on Reddit and a couple other random places. And after a couple of months I had, you know, around 2000 subscribers. So I felt like at that point it was relatively viable. And so I started putting more resources into it. And so, um, that was kind of how things went for several months. I think around February is when I launched pro and that's when, you know, it actually started making money and everything. So, uh, I think, you know, I think my path mirrors that of many product makers or entrepreneurs, which is that kind of like you said, yeah, I, w I was experiencing a, a problem, not with podcasting, but with create creating video. Um, and so I decided to, to build something that kind of answered that problem and, you know, hoped that other people would find it useful. And so that that's pretty much how it happened. That's a sweet, that's a sweet breakdown, a sweet story of how it all came about. It's, it's actually, it mirrors very well the traditional WordPress entrepreneur who might be selling a theme or a plugin and he or she actually is, is, you know, is the developer, they're the designer, they're the marketing person and they sort of do all the stuff 
on their own and they, you know, they do the same, you know, most of them anyway, do the same thing. They do the MVP, they launch it, they build a list. Uh, and, tr- and again, traditionally, a lot of it's free, the freemium model where they're giving away a free portion of the plugin. And then of course you can upgrade to pro for, you know, more features and support and all that fun stuff. So very similar, um, sort of paths that, that you walk, which I guess, like you said, is, is almost identical across any entrepreneurial journey. Um, but that being said, are, are, are you, are you also the man behind the green curtain making, <laughs> making all the music too and, and uh, you know, running the, the, the website or, or do you plan on or do you have people who actually help you create the music and, and they get a little bit of a, of a cut? How does that all break down? No, it's currently, uh, it's all me right now. And that's actually something that uh, out of the gate, I kind of, I kind of launched um, bigger than I actually am and that, you know, like most of the marketing and branding and everything was you know, and all the copy was like in third person. And initially, you know, a lot of people would email me or talk to me and, and it, they would always say like, you guys, or, you know, uh, it was all always in third person. Like I was this, this company. And I did that initially, I think just to uh, make it seem like it was more professional, but I've, I've actually found that kind of p- pulling back the curtain and showing that it is just me is one way to differentiate myself and, and what I provide from some of the other options out there um, because because most of the other stock music options out there especially the big ones are really just third parties that are you know it's almost like ebay for music so so you're paying them and then they're taking you know they're giving the funds to the music creator but they're taking a cut and it ends up being this kind of impersonal transaction uh, and and i don't i don't i think that's kind of a, a drawback so um anyway so yeah all that to say it is just me um every week creating the music and then doing the marketing and you know running the website and everything so wow that's absolutely <laughs> sounds like an immense amount of amount of work what you know is there a is that you know people ask me all the time customers of mine that say how, you know, how much to how much to build a website or how long does it take to build a website how long does it make take to make a track uh lay a track of music down in in your business or does it again it just totally varies depending on on the on the mood it varies a lot um i would say now after doing it for a year for you know every week for a year uh, i'm a lot more efficient in in uh getting it done so i would say now uh, i would say less less than 10 hours a song um starting, you know, if we were talking about actually genesis of like writing the, writing the melody and everything, actually laying down the tracks and then mixing and mastering and all of that. Um, typically it would be anywhere between five and 10 hours, depending on how complicated the song is. And if I start out with kind of a a direction I know I want to go. Um, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a a part-time job in addition to the full-time gig that I've got. So it's, it's not a, it's it's definitely a commitment for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I believe it. Um, in terms of of growing the site, uh, I'm a, I'm assuming things are, are still going well, and, and you're selling pro accounts. I mean, I I keep getting music, uh, <laughs> so I know you're still I know you're still doing it. Uh, you haven't given up yet. What does that look like? As you know, again, part time job. I, how do you see yourself scaling it? Uh, what's the I guess what's the the year end goal, and and maybe the goal for 2017 that that you're setting your sights on. So uh, scaling has always kind of been interesting, that, and that's actually a question that I've been asked really early on. Um, I think when a while back I got hunted, uh, I mean, a long long time ago actually, I got hunted on, on Product Hunt, and I remember somebody asked me that question then, and I was, 
at the time, I was like, that's not really something uh, out of the gate I really thought that much about because I was just trying to meet this one need. Um, so one really obvious way to scale would be to to include other musicians, and that's something I've entertained and I've had people ask me, you know, how do they submit, submit music and everything. Uh, that's not that's not something I really intend or envision uh, happening in the near term, I would say, um, mostly because, for one, obviously I have a lot, lot greater control over the quality and everything if I'm doing it myself, but, but then also it kind of gets complicated from a legal perspective and um, and just the way that the business is structured and everything, pricing and, and sharing uh, revenue and all that would be kind of complicated. So I've kind of avoided that. And, and again, that would be the most obvious way to scale. So instead, uh, at this point, really, it's it's just about, yeah, uh, growing growing the audience because, you know, Music for Makers is relatively, compared to the other options out there, it's, it's pretty affordable. Um, so that really the, the business model there is, you know, a high volume of customers to help, you know, uh, cover expenses, basically. So at this point, the, you know, scaling it is just really about getting more people, uh, growing that audience. Um, and there's a few other other ways. Um, so I started working with kind of, uh, so typically, just to go back and explain a little bit about Music for Makers and the license itself, so typically a music license has certain restrictions and it can be kind of complicated, especially if you're not a lawyer. And so uh, that was something, another thing I didn't like about music licensing and stock music. And so Music for Makers license is basically as simple as it gets, which is that you can use the music however you want, but you can't uh, redistribute or resell it. And that's like the standard license. But I've started working with some like video production apps um, who you know, within their platform, allow their customers or their users to, you know, drag over a background track onto their video or whatever. So they they have this, you know, whole library of music within their app. And so I've actually started working with some of these companies and uh, offering my music to them. And so by definition, that is kind of redistributing or re reselling the license or the music. So that's a different license, but um, that's, that's a direction I'm going to continue to explore because that's been... Uh, that's worked out pretty well. Um, and then I've got a few other kind of, you know, like secret projects in the, in the pipeline that are a little too, uh, in, in the, in the early stages to really discuss, but basically that, uh, the goal will be to, uh, it'll be a tool to essentially let people create their own tracks more or less, um, or custom tracks. So anyway, so there, you know, there a lot of things in the works, um, I would say goal for 2017 would be, man, a great goal would be to make it, uh, you know, music for makers do so well that I could focus on it full time um, instead of just being a side hustle. So I, I think I guess that would be 2017 <laughs> yeah. goal. Yeah. Well, all, all of us artists would love to be able to focus uh, <laughs> solely on this, uh, on the stuff that we desire. And, and I think you're definitely going to get there. I mean, just based on, uh, my satisfaction and, and the simplicity uh, of the service and and things like that. The, you know, do you see yourself competing against? Uh, and you know, for this answer, maybe trying to put your your founder hat on uh, and say, you know, I'm I'm trying to you know scale controllably, right? That's your founder hat. And then on your market marketing hat, do you see yourself competing against? Uh, the giant marketplaces like um, 
Audio Jungle. Uh, that's probably the only one I really know of in, in terms of getting music. I'm sure you know a ton of other ones. But do you see yourself you know, competing against them? And, and do you have a marketing angle besides being your, um, you know, being the solopreneur and, and the, the sort of crafter and the salesperson at the same time? Um, all of this to say is what's your take on going up against these types of marketplaces? Yeah. So at this point, um, you know, a year in, I, I don't think I would say I compete with the kind of the big guys, the big libraries, at least not in terms of market share or anything like that. But I think there are a couple of different ways that uh, music for makers is different and, and probably attracts a different audience. And, and I think that's kind of my strategy. So the, the first way is, is that uh, music for makers, especially when it comes to kind of the, the higher quality production libraries, music for makers is a lot more affordable, especially with pro and, and there's the free option. I don't know that anybody's actually sending out free tracks. Um, but obviously that's kind of a, that would be a relatively easy strategy to replicate. So I'm not hanging my hat on that necessarily, but so it is more affordable, but, um, that's not, a, that's not necessarily how I intend to compete because there's always going to be somebody who can undercut you on price. So really there's, there's three ways, um, or three kind of ideas that I build the, the value proposition on. Number one is quality. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of stock music out there and a lot of it's bad because, um, Basically, you know, anybody can get GarageBand or, uh, you know, a hundred different kind of uh, audio workstations that can allow you to create music digitally with uh, virtual instruments and things. And so that it's not really hard to create a song, but it, I think it is, you know, it's hard to find a good song now. So from day one, my uh, my goal has always been to create high quality uh, work that's that is affordable. So that's, that's something I still focus on for sure that I think can help me compete against some of the bigger libraries that, that don't really have that level of quality. Number two is, uh, simplicity. Like, like we just talked about with the license, you know, it's basically that's, that's where you can get into some serious trouble with music licensing. I mean, you can buy a license for online distribution, but then, uh, you know, depending on how things are set up, if you use it on TV or something, then you could get into, you know, hot waters legally. Um, so, so basically the simplicity, even some of the really good high quality sites, uh, music libraries out there, once you start going down and, you know, trying to buy a track, you have to, you know, are you going to be using it? Um, some of it's, you know, are you going to be using it on a pack podcast or in an app or on a video? Is your audience this big? Is your company size this big? And it's, I mean, all this really complicated stuff. So, so, uh, so yeah, I think simplicity is the second way I would kind of compete with those, the, the big guys. Um, and then three, like, like you already said, is just that kind of relationship. Um, you know, it's, it's music is inherently kind of a personal emotional thing. And so I think it's, I think it can be a powerful differentiator that, uh, you know, to connect with the music creator. And so I would say that's definitely the, the third thing. And, and that just allows for some greater flexibility. And since, since I create and own all the music, um, just last week, for example, somebody reached out about the, the latest free song and they said, Hey, you know, the song is great, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's doesn't feel that usable to me because there's in that, in that particular song, I had uh, I was playing acoustic guitar and there, I did a lot of sliding up and down the neck. And so there was kind of, uh, kind of a squeakiness with the strings. And so this customer said, you know, it's, 
it's hardly usable because of that squeakiness. And, and since quality is a big deal to me, um, that same day I actually went back, cleaned up that track and reposted it to the site. And so I feel like, you know, you're not going to be able to get that same experience with some of the big, uh, music libraries, especially who the ones that don't create the tracks themselves. So I think the, the relationship and the kind of the personal aspect of it is, is a big deal too. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty amazing. It's actually one of the questions that popped into my head because, um, again, surprisingly we're <laughs> finding so, you're striking, uh, no pun intended, striking so many chords, uh, that seem so similar to, uh, you know, the WordPress product space. Uh, and one of them being, you know, in WordPress customer comes, they buy a theme or they buy a plugin and they're, you know, brand new to WordPress. They don't know really how to use this stuff. And, you know, they get frustrated. They don't know how to install it. They don't know how to set it up. And the immediate response is, give me my money back. <laughs> you know, this this doesn't work the way uh, I expected it to. But uh, the reality is it's it's not the product's fault. It's just, it's just the web and it's the WordPress and it's how it's done. So uh, interesting similarities. Has there been particular challenges in this space? Uh, that, that's one of them for sure is a customer saying that, boy, I don't think the quality is there. Has there been another challenge in terms of customer support uh, in a business like this where they're, where they're buying audio tracks uh, that, that you've picked up on that maybe you weren't ready for uh, at all? Uh, I mean, honestly, the, the answer could been, be no. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's actually been pretty smooth sailing. Uh, and I think a lot of, I owe a lot of that just to the, the different tools I use and everything that are you know high quality and get the job done. Um, but I mean, on on my end, yeah, like it's, uh, yeah, like what, you know, I can't really think of anything off the sure. top of my head. Yeah, no, that's, that's fine. What about price point? Um, to be honest with you, I, I've closed the site, uh, just to save some bandwidth here, but the price point is what for the, for the pro for the year? hundred and $100, $100, $100, $100 even. Now for somebody who, you know, again, pulling similarities against themes, maybe a theme is $59, but it takes, you know, 40, 60 hours to put a theme together and then you sell it for 50 bucks. Uh, similarly to you is you're creating all these tracks and then you, you might be go back, going back and remastering them and, and touching them up for quality. Do you see that as a viable price point, a hundred bucks? Or do you see because of the, 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 the hands-on care that you put, the price should go up and maybe that's uh, a winning market for you? Um. So, yeah, I think at the current price point, you know, volume of, of, of the customer base is going to have to grow significantly. So that's that's something that's kind of been on my mind for a while. So I, I would not basically it's it's very possible that in the future, you know, within 2000 um, in 2017, at some point that that price will probably go up. Uh, and part of that is just the nature of the, the product, because that library grows by one song every week. So the value of the, of the pro subscription grows every week. So, um, you know, obviously if that happens, the current customers will be locked in at their existing price, but, uh, their existing annual subscription. But, but yeah, I, you know, it's, that's kind of the, the interesting question that I, you know, I've been working on since basically since I launched pro is do I go for the low, low over, overall price and just try to grow the number of customers or do I, you know, not worry about that and, and price it what I feel like it's really worth and, and just have a smaller group of customers. So basically I don't, I, I've, I've thought through it a lot and haven't uh, come to a conclusion necessarily, but I would not be surprised if the price does go up in the future. 
Sure. Well, folks, get it get it while it's hot, <laughs> because uh, once the price goes up, uh, no, it's totally. I, I would say it's it's totally worth it for any price uh, that you that you set it at, because you know. Uh, anyway, for me, anyway, it's it's been an invaluable resource. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was growing the amount of users. So again, if you stay at this price point, how are you going to get that volume? Uh, what is your take on? Again, because I'm I'm a an exceptional interviewer and did zero background check on you, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that you were also into content marketing and marketing strategist. What's your you know plans for outreach? I mean, I just see a million different opportunities for you. Just going on podcasts alone uh, is a plethora of <laughs> time that you could spend talking to folks who create podcasts or teach podcasting. Do you have any other sort of marketing channels that you are you know quick wins uh, in your business that that you might be going after? Um, quick wins, I would say. Some of the ones that have worked out really well for me, honestly, have been uh, different launches. So, with Product Hunt, uh, that has you know that has directly resulted in new pro subscribers launching things on that, um, both with Music for Makers, and then I, a while back I launched a free tool called uh, ZenMix, which is basically just an audio generator. So you open up your browser, and and it it uh, there are kind of some relaxing sounds that allow you to kind of focus whether you're just trying to kind of chill out or if you're trying to get stuff done or whatever. But I, I launched that. That was kind of also inspired by a crew um, who did Unsplash. And, you know, they, 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 I think, I can't remember if I read this, I think in an email or something, suggested that the kind of the content marketing, the whole blogging and waiting for something to happen is that's becoming a lot more saturated and it takes a lot of time. Whereas what they started doing is, you know, after Unsplash, they did how much to build a website how much to build an app and, you know, a few other things like that that were basically kind of calculators. But there were these tools that people could could go and use and, and they attracted a ton of traffic, which then translated into, you know, increased uh, business. So that's that's something I can I will continue to, to do, I think, is various launches that I think will uh, appeal to the, the customer that I'm trying to reach and um, basically just get a lot of attention initially and then kind of redirect that attention to music for makers. Um, video is something I'm going to start doing a lot more. It, it's, uh, it's kind of ironic. I didn't do a lot of it starting out, even though a, a large percentage of my customers, especially pro customers are people who create videos, but it was something I kind of, I did a couple of videos early on that were kind of accessory to blog posts and threw them up on YouTube and, and those have continued to generate traffic and get attention. And so that's actually something I'm going to be focusing on a lot more through the end of the year and into 2017. Uh, from a content marketing standpoint, uh, but beyond that, it'll be kind of a lot of the the standard things. Um, you know, probably some some guest posting. I did some of that early on as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, podcasts. I've been on a couple of podcasts. That's always an awesome opportunity. That I'm you know grateful to have. So um, it's really just it's kind of you know uh, fail fast kind of kind of thing. You know, try. I'm going to be trying a bunch of different um, bunch of different approaches, and and whatever seems to be working is what. I'll keep doing so. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and it makes sense, you know, one, number one, especially since you do have a day job at this time, 
uh, creating content, as you know from your day job and what you've been doing, is not easy. Uh, right. it, it takes up a boatload of time, and you know you're heavily vested in creating the music too, which is also taking up a boatload of time. You know, especially if you try to maybe get two tracks done in a week because you're going on vacation next week. That's you know that's half your half your you know weekly workload right there. So um, definitely a smart move to try to find these sort of. Um, maybe like tools or quick calculators or even these sort of mini little apps that, that can draw the attention without having to write a thousand words five times a week. Um, so look, the reason why I, I said I think Logan would be a great fit for the show is because when I downloaded my first track, I said, this is easy digital downloads. <laughs> this is something that I'm familiar with. Um, how did you stumble upon it? Was it your first time using it? What was that like? Uh, what was it like, you know, using WordPress or what is it like using WordPress as a platform to drive commerce, e-commerce sales um, for your for your business? So I actually can't really remember how I found out about easy digital downloads. Um, and I, I, I've had a few... Uh, kind of smaller projects with WordPress before and, and uh, played around with developing themes and stuff. But I've never never really launched something on the scale of Music for Makers with it. And so um, basically it, it was kind of a no-brainer because for, for me, I, I mean, using WordPress was a no-brainer because I, I'm pretty comfortable with like HTML and CSS, but beyond that, I can get lost pretty quickly. So WordPress is pretty amazing in that, you know, what I can do with HTML and CSS allows me to, to tweak things to fit my needs, but most of the infrastructure and functionality is already there. So using WordPress was, uh, I mean, basically, I would say Music for Makers wouldn't exist without it. Um, and then, yeah, easy digital downloads, kind of the same thing, really. I mean, it's, it powers the whole operation. So uh, again, I don't, I don't know exactly how I found it. I was probably just Googling, you know, different kind of uh, marketplace plugins or, or um, e-commerce plugins. But yeah, so I landed on uh, easy digital downloads and I think the initial platform is free and that might have probably what got me, might be what got me in the door is um, I was able to kind of try it out before I really started investing in it. So uh, it's been, I mean, it's been great. The The whole team, Pippin and the whole, Pippin and the whole team are, are excellent. Uh, support is fantastic. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's really allowed it to be kind of a seamless process, um, you know, providing the whole back end and the payment processing and everything. Um, yeah. I and mean, you're using, I, I and you're using Stripe and PayPal or is it just Stripe? I, I forget. It's Stripe and PayPal. Yep. Nice. And that's, that's just, those are just plugins or add-ons is what, uh, Pippin calls them, yeah. but that you just add on top of easy digital downloads. And then the, so that's actually there are really two parts of how the site works. The general marketplace, so to kind of to back up, uh, Music for Makers really has three kind of price points. There's the free email newsletter that uh, early on wasn't really using anything. I think I was actually using like SoundCloud, um, you know, embeds on the site. But I, I, you know, I could kind of run that with anything. But then there's the kind of a la carte or one-off purchases. So if you don't want to go pro, you can just buy tracks by themselves. Although it's really not the most cost-effective way because, you know, one of my tracks could cost 15 to $25. But, um, anyway, but you can, and some people do that. And so that's really what's powered, you know, uh, easy digital downloads powers that side of it. But then the pro subscription is actually 
that functionality use is is um, restrict restrict content pro, which is another one of Pippin's plugins. And I think you know I, I think it's actually um, it was developed traditionally to be used for like a membership site or like a learning management system. So it allows you to kind of create a you know a, a walled um, you know a, a, a behind closed doors kind of community sort of thing where you have to pay or, or at least um, register to get access. So, but since Pippin developed both plugins, they work really well together. So what I'm able to do is have somebody sign up through Restrict Content Pro, and then they automatically get a 100% discount on everything in the easy digital download store. Um, but RCP controls like all the recurring payment side of things and, and subscriptions and all of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said earlier, I, I think a lot of the reason I haven't had any major hiccups have been just because of the, the quality of the, the products I'm using, and, and that that's definitely no exception. So I'm, I feel lucky to have kind of stumbled upon it. Boy, I couldn't have I couldn't have created a better ad spot for for easy digital yeah. downloads and restrict content pro. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not an affiliate or anything like that. I mean, <laughs> I just I really love them. I mean, like because because I mean, inevitably you're you're going to run into problems here and there, you know, and and bugs and whatnot. Um, and I've definitely run into my fair share, but they, yeah, their, their crew has been, uh, more than helpful and, you know, quick to respond and everything. So I'm, I'm a happy customer for sure. Yeah. So few people, uh, even folks who've been doing, you know, WordPress consulting or, or building sites for people for some time, um, you know, really rely on the support of uh, a commercial plugin or really see the value in it. And you hit the nail on the head. Uh, you know, one of the things when I'm helping people pick the right WordPress plugin, when they come to me and they say, Hey, I want to do this. And, uh, you know, what do you think the best plugin is? Or I saw this plugin over here and it's only $10. Should I go buy it? Because it's so, it's so cheap or it's on some like discount, you know, app sumo list or something like that. Um, you know, the answer is always take a look at who's building it. Do they have an ecosystem that's going to really support the business? So again, in your case, yeah, you use easy digital downloads, but, uh, you also use Restrict Content Pro, which plays nice because they're built by the same team. And not only that, not only does the code play nice together, but they're going to support you on both uh, on both fronts, right? So if you have a some kind of conflict or something's not working, uh, they can easily solve that for you. And that's worth you know the the price of admission right there. Um, and then oh by the way, there's a third you know tier of Pippin's ecosystem, which is affiliate WP. So if you wanted to get into you know having people do affiliate sales for your or referral sales for your service, boom, you could link up Affiliate WP and, you know, with a click of a few, uh, you know, option pages, you'll be able to set up people's, uh, you know, referral links and they can make a little bit of money and you can, you know, grow the business. So uh, ecosystem yeah. in terms that's, of, of That's something I've, I've considered too, actually, so it's yeah. funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's I, for me anyway, I, I would imagine it'd be a no-brainer, you know, refer a friend, get $10. I think that's like what DigitalOcean does or something like that as you know, mm-hmm. some crazy thing. Um, you'll be happy to know, which you might have already seen land in your inbox, although you are probably just waking up since it's early on the, uh, on the left coast. Uh, they updated their free, uh, this is easy digital downloads, the email just went out. Uh, they updated their free... Uh, uh, downloads add-on, right? So now 
uh, there is probably one thing that sort of drives you a little bonkers right now is you have to go through this whole purchasing process for somebody to download uh, a free product. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're improving that now. Um, and they're doing it so that the person doesn't have to run through the whole routine of going through the checkout process every time. Uh, to wow. Da- to down- to, yeah. I have to check into that because that's, yeah, that was something that kind of, that was something that rubbed me a, a little wrong, you know, uh, initially. And I, I found a workaround, but yeah, it's, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just received the email. So, uh, and you can do all kinds of other things like bundle. Uh, you can do a free product and, and then upsell uh, to, uh, to another product or do a multi-price product. So this actually might really fit the bill for, for what you have going on. Yeah, I will be looking at that. <laughs> um, other question, one other question about, about the word, running the site on WordPress. Uh, have there been any other th- you know, areas of WordPress that maybe you feel as a business owner can be Im- improved upon or any other feedback for uh, maybe the WordPress community at large for, you know, marketing the site or, or blogging or just running the business in general on WordPress? Uh, any other thoughts in that area? Um, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about that, to be honest. Sure. Um, what what other plugins do you use to to run the business? Are you using uh, SEO plugins or other you know marketing plugins, or is it just sort of bare bones WordPress and and uh, and easy digital downloads? Uh, I'm using a, kind of a lot of the at least what I would think as like kind of the standard. So yeah, uh, yeah, Yoast SEO is in there. Um, Sumo me, um, discuss for uh, comments. Um, I'm looking through my plugins right now, actually. Sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, you know, MailChimp. Cool. Yeah, it seems like all of the, uh, the standard sort of uh, blogger slash content marketing plugins. Do you get into any WordPress sites uh, with the day job at all? Um, not really, no. I, I, a lot of the, the work that uh, my agency does is a lot of times it'll be built on something. Uh, I think we do have a couple clients on WordPress but that, that I don't really work a lot with, but... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's built on something else, um, kind of a more, uh, proprietary system. Yeah. More commercial. Yeah. Definitely not like open source or something, you know? So interesting, interesting stuff. Do you, do you, do you like using WordPress a little bit better compared to those sort of more, uh, you know, complex enterprise solutions or are you sort of indifferent? Um, well, to, to be honest, what I do in my day job rarely, uh, I rarely come into contact with any ah, kind of like okay. CMS or anything. So I do a lot of um, basically creating the content, you know, uh, copywriting and everything. But then typically then it's handed over to the developer or somebody who they put it into the site and all that. So, uh, so yeah, Music for Makers is actually scratches an itch to a, a degree because I've always liked having – um, you know, at least toying around with development a little bit and design and everything. So, you know, at, at, in my day job, I'm doing kind of content and strategy all day, which is, I love that kind of stuff too. But, um, but yeah, music for makers allows me to kind of play around with, with that sort of thing. That's great. It's, it's, it's like a creative outlet for creativity at the same time. <laughs> it's yeah. like this weird sort of, uh, uh, complexity there. That's awesome. Logan, this has been an amazing episode. I'm glad that I, um, had the chance to talk to you. Glad that we booked the time to do it. Uh, musicformakers.com. I use it for the audio stuff that I do with podcasting, the audio, uh, audio stuff I do with my screencasts and tutorials. Uh, 
it's great stuff, and I and I wish you all of uh, all of success in the world. The next time we chat, hopefully you'll be on a yacht somewhere out in the <laughs> San Francisco Bay, I guess, uh, living it up with all the other uh, venture capitalists. But um, where can folks find you to say thanks for doing the show? Uh, well, musicformakers.com is the easiest place. I'm also, you know, on Twitter at musicformakers. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the the two easiest ways. Awesome. Everybody else, uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter, mattreport.com slash subscribe. This is the first episode of season number four. Uh, and this is, uh, this is Netflix style, baby. So hopefully you're consuming all of these episodes, binging on them, because what else do you have to do <laughs> uh, other than learning uh, what it's like to run a business on WordPress? Check it out, mattreport.com. Hey everyone, did you enjoy this episode? Head on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. It really helps. I say it all the time, but it definitely, definitely does. Always reach out to our guests and say thanks. Uh, we always link them up at the end of the show to share their Twitter account or wherever they can be found online. So make sure you go ahead and do that. They spend a lot of time with us. And thank our sponsors, Pagely and Valet, for keeping the Matt Report going until the end of the year. If you're interested, in sponsoring the Matt Report, you can get a hold of me. It's mattreportblog at gmail.com or just mattreport.com slash contact. Reach out. Uh, we are looking for sponsorships going into 2017. Again, if you want to sponsor one of the premier WordPress podcasts out there, go ahead and reach out mattreport.com slash contact. 